Missouri, May 11, 1894. The Meeks family were brutally murdered and buried for dead. But little six-year-old Nellie got away. Who is responsible for killing her entire family? This is the story of the Meeks family murder. Good afternoon, evening, early evening. (laughs) Happy Friday. It is February 10th. So we're moving right through February. Um, This is Kelly at Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. And I am here to bring you another true crime case. I am drinking Java Mama Bananas Foster. This is part of our Mardi Gras collection. I also have um, the King Praline Cake boy, that's good. That is like dessert in a cup. This one is also, this one is bananas. It's the taste of bananas, cinnamon, rum, and brown sugar with ice cream lit on fire and poured into a cup. (laughs) I've never actually had bananas foster lit on fire. I've had like a bananas foster like cake and, and, and stuff like that, but I've never actually had it, especially, and I've never been in New Orleans. So, um, my brother's there now on vacation. I've heard some people like it and some people don't like it as well, as much. So we'll find out what he says when he gets back. Um, Mardi Gras, that is fat French for Fat Tuesday. That is going to be on the 21st. So that's when everything's going to be in full swing down there with beads and everything. And then of course you have Lent the next day where you give up something. I don't do that. So, (laughs) okay, here we go. (laughs) The case I'm bringing you today is from a long time ago, 1894. And this is an old case that I've not heard of. Um, I found it during a search when I was looking up cases to read about. And this one is the Meeks family murders. Okay, on May 11th, 1894, six-year-old Nellie Meeks had a story to tell. She went to a house where the Carter family lived in Lynn County. Um, John Carter was the man of the house and Mrs. Carter answered the door. She saw a little girl with a bloody face, a gash in her forehead and torn clothing. Well, Nellie told her the night before that she was with her parents. Now, the night before, on May 10th, she was with her parents. Nellie was. Her mom, or her dad, Gus, her mom, Delora, who was pregnant, her four-year-old sister, Hattie, and 18-month-old sister, Mary. Now, she was, now she was the only family member alive. And so Nellie told Mrs. Carter that her family had been killed uh, and she escaped because they thought she was dead. So she was lucky and was able to get away. And um, Mrs. Carter had her son was nine years old. His name was Jimmy. And he was the one who was sent to investigate because his father wasn't home. Um, Now, I don't know if back then 
it had to be a male to go d- discover the stuff. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure why she sent the ni- her her nine year old son Jimmy to see what was going on. Um, I would have thought maybe she would have went with him. I don't know if she had other kids at home or what was going on. But um, Nellie led Jimmy Carter to a haystack after they looked around for the bodies. I just that just clicked in my head. Jimmy Carter's first time, <laughs> first time. I even thought of, of, of President Jimmy Carter when I was, when I said it there. Okay. Um, they found a haystack and under the haystack, Jimmy found a shallow grave with not only Nellie's four family members, but the fetus of her sibling that Mrs. Meeks miscarried before she died. So the fetus was also inside the shallow grave. Um, later they found out that Gus and Delora were murdered with an ax and shot and shot uh, I read it, it said that they were they were killed with an axe and shot to death so I don't understand how you can be killed with an axe and shot to death I mean I, I don't know that's uh, that's how it was written um so I'm guessing that maybe they were attacked with the axe first and then shot now um Hattie the four-year-old daughter and the parents were shot and killed with an axe and then mary along with nelly were beaten both beaten with a rock nelly was the oldest mary was the youngest and both of those them they were both beaten with a rock and um when jimmy and nelly returned to the carters mrs carter sent jimmy to the neighbors to let them know what happened okay this is back before the days of i don't even know if they had cars because there was a lot of horse and buggies going on here so um, that, and I don't know if they had phones. I don't remember when the first phone was invented and maybe not everybody had a phone. And then I mean, it was 1894. So, um, Nellie had gone to the doctor and told him, well, when they went to the neighbors, okay. When Jimmy went to the neighbors to let him know, he ran into a man named George Taylor and he told George what happened. Well, Nellie had gone to the doctor and told them the doctor, now this is a quote and this is what she told the doctor. When we were going up the hill, the man without whiskers said his feet were cold and got out and walked along the side of the wagon and shot Papa and Papa jumped out and started to run. Then Mama screamed and started to jump when they shot Mama and sister. Then they hit me in the head and I went to sleep. So that was quoted when I read on... um, murderbygaslight.com that was the source that I read that at my other sources are Hannibal Courier Post and findagrave.com I forgot to name those off at the beginning but um she was Nellie was thrown from the wagon then regained consciousness and heard the guys trying to set the haystack on fire Nellie said they covered her up and she had a hard time breathing she heard them say quote it wouldn't burn as it would not catch this is what she said. This is quoting Nellie. It wouldn't burn as it would not catch. So thinking they couldn't, they couldn't catch it on fire. So it didn't burn. Well, when back when Jimmy went to the neighbors, going back now, when Jimmy ran into, was on his way to the neighbors and he ran into George Taylor, George Taylor took him to his house and said for him to wait outside while he hitched his horses and they'd go take a look at the crime scenes, you know, like he did earlier. So Jimmy never went to the neighbors yet. He never made it to the neighbors. Well, he waited and waited for um, George Taylor, but George never returned. 
Why would George do this? Well, George and his brother William were very wealthy and prominent citizens of Northeastern Missouri. William graduated from the Missouri University School of Law. He had served in the Missouri General Assembly and also worked for the People's Exchange Bank in Browning, Missouri. So, I mean, he was, they, they had a lot of money and um, he was very, very upstanding. But it was not honest labor. They were charged with forgery, larceny for writing false bank drafts and indicted for arson and cattle rustling. Not cattle rustling. I had, of course, had to look that up. That's um, theft of cattle. I, I thought that's what it was, but I wanted to make sure because they used the word rustling. And so, trying to get my, my notes here. I want to make sure I do not get anything mixed up. Okay. They knew Gus Meeks. Now, Gus Meeks was a farmer on land that the Taylors owned. And he was involved in one of their cattle wrestling cases. Um, Gus Meeks was. So he got in trouble. He was indicted and he pled guilty and was sent to prison. A month before he was murdered, Gus Meeks was pardoned by the governor if he would testify against the Taylors. The Taylors, in turn, the Taylors then offered Gus a thousand dollars to leave town. So when they, when they were, they came to pick him up because they were going to offer him a thousand dollars to leave town. They came to pick him up and, um, Delora, you know, was afraid that they'd kill him. She was afraid for her husband's life. So it was her idea. The whole family went with him because they surely would not murder them all. You know, this is what she was thinking. Um, Nellie told her story at the coroner's inquest and the brothers were indicted. So she didn't think they would murder them all. Uh, the mother did, didn't think they would, but they did. They killed the kids. So, um, oh, that's, that just, that's just horrible. I don't, um, I mean, they knew him, you know, they were upstanding citizens. She really didn't think they, you know, they would do anything like that. But the brothers were indicted. They were arrested in June in Batesville, Arkansas. The trial was March 18th, 1895. A number of witnesses testified that they heard the brothers threaten Gus. And Gus's mother, who lived with them, also testified. Gunshots were heard that night and people saw their wagon, the brother's wagon. Well, the jury ended up being deadlocked seven to five. One juror and an alternate later said that they were offered $750 to vote for an acquittal. My gosh, these guys could just try to buy everything. <laughs> and back then, that was a lot of money. $750 and a thousand when he offered Gus Meeks a thousand dollars to leave town. That was a lot of money back then. I mean, that's not money that, you know, not very many people had that. Now they, since they were deadlocked, they had a second trial. So the second trial was in July of 1895, same year as the first one. It was in July and they were charged with just one count of murder. So they just, they just did one charge. Uh, I mean, a charge of one count. The whole family was not premeditated, but Gus was. So it was, it would have been hard to try to prove, um, that he wasn't premeditated, you know, that the whole thing was premeditated because the family wasn't, it was just Gus. Um, Nellie didn't testify. 
She was a ward of the prosecutor and his wife, and she did attend the trials and occasionally occasionally sit on the prosecutor's lap. Jury found them guilty on August 2nd. They were sentenced to hang on April 30th of 1896. But, get this, they escaped from jail on April 11th. They were able to escape. William was captured quickly and taken to Kansas City for safekeeping is basically how they put it, so that to, to, to watch him and make sure that he wouldn't try to get out or be able to escape. But George Taylor was never caught. William was hanged at 11 o'clock a.m. on April 30th, 1896, before hundreds of people. He left a long statement, but I really don't want to read his poor me words because that's what it is. Poor me, poor me, my parents are without without their son now. Well, you did that. You had to kill this family. You know, yeah, your parents are without a son, but you did that. You know that that that's what you did. You put your you you put yourself in that noose. And that's what I say. <laughs> so it's it's not the poor me when you kill that entire family and those poor kids and attempted murder on Nellie who got away. So um, you can look up his speech. It's 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 a pretty long paragraph on uh, murderbygaslot.com. You can look that up as his last words. Um, the Meeks family were buried in a single grave in the Butte Cemetery, five miles southeast of Owasco, if I can say that, if I'm saying that right. Nellie was raised by Dolores' mother, so it's her maternal grandmother. And uh, Nellie was married to Albert Spray and died in childbirth in 1910. She was giving birth to a daughter she named Hattie, which was also her sister's name. That was in 1910. All her life, she had a deep scar. They also called it a dent, D-I-N-T, in her forehead. She had that her entire life. So that's the story of the Meeks family. Um, one of This is one story of, there's 50 stories in a book called The Bloody Century about true crime in the 1800s. And I plan on getting that so um, I can look through it and read and see what all they got in there. I'm just so curious. And I will have that. Um, I I did post the photo on my Instagram earlier today and on Facebook earlier today. So um, it is called uh, The Bloody Century. They do have it on Amazon. And um, what a horrible, horrible story. But I'm just so glad that this little girl lived. I mean, she, um, oh, it's just amazing that she lived. You know, I mean, they thought she was dead, but she wasn't. So I'm, it's just one of those that really um, had me reading and had me reading. And it actually is a pretty popular story that I didn't know about. But, um, and it's amazing how things were back then. And George was never captured. No idea what happened to him. Don't know where he went, where he hid out. I mean, they had money, but see, back then it was different. They didn't have like ways to catch you with like um, cell phones and um, credit cards, paper trails. I don't even think, I mean, he, he probably could have had a bunch of money at his house, but you would think if he would have escaped and went back to his house, they would have found out maybe they would have went there but who knows maybe he had money stashed somewhere I mean they work for the bank you know it's just amazing but he did escape was never was never captured but William was the one that hung hung for it so um 
uh, just just amazing story here of this little girl and it's really really sad that she died in 1910 having a child she wasn't even that old I mean she was six years old in 1894 and she died in 1910 so what is that um 20s early 20s oh my gosh very sad that is very sad I don't even know if it's 20 is it I'm not good with math you can tell um oh my gosh um I'm just thinking about that here and I'm blanking <laughs> but uh I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. If you have any suggestions, let me know. I really like these old stories. They fascinate me with how things weren't invented yet and, and, and the things that they did and, and like what happened to people back then versus today. Uh, like I said, that amount of money was a lot of money. Even $1,000 was a lot. Um, I should have looked and compared to see what what that would be today. A thousand dollars in eighteen ninety four. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to look that up. Um, trying to think of what else. I usually end my podcast, like I said, from um, seeing what I watched on. Oh, I've been getting in the um, the series on ID called Murder by Fame. I think is the name of it. And I watched the latest episode was the one about singer Christina Grimmie. That is so sad. Her family's on there talking about it. And it's it's a good episode. It is a good episode. So far, that's the third one. There's only been three. And so far, that's my favorite one. Um, but it is a good series. Check that one out on ID. Or it's also on Peacock. And probably Hulu has it too. But it's uh, Murder by Fame on ID. Um, I'm still into Poker Face. We saw um, <laughs> episode six last night. Last night, new episode every Thursday on Peacock. So that is my new favorite show right now. Um, I don't think there's anything else we've watched lately. I need to get my movies watched that my niece got me for my birthday. I got Spotlight, Out of the Furnace, and another one um, that I'm look that I'm looking forward to watching. So I need to do that. I've just been so busy with my diamond painting, my art, and now I'm into getting into crafting with junk journaling and uh, working and everything else. <laughs> so that is all for today. Everybody have a wonderful weekend and a happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day on Tuesday. And like I said before, get your discounted candy the day of or the day after Valentine's. And, um, I'm kind of looking forward to that, but I'm trying to lose weight. So I can't, I can't go out and buy a bunch of discounted candy, but that does sound good though. You know, it just sounds good to me. So that is all. And everybody have a wonderful weekend and I will see you next time.